On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, we visit with a physical therapy expert talking about the importance of low strengthening for return to play. When should someone go to a physical therapist? Do you need a doctor in order to see a physical therapist? Do patients, athletes need to continue doing their physical therapy exercises forever? All this and more on today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. One of our sponsors is Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit vcell.com. Dr. Cole, great to visit with you once again. And um, interesting topic here about physical therapy, wouldn't you say? It is because I think it's uh, sometimes poorly understood and unfortunately it's looked at sometimes as a commodity or other things can replace it, but it has a really specific role. And look, Steve, you know, physical therapy is something that can be done after a concussion uh, appropriately. It can be done with medical problems and so forth. But in the area that I live in, you know, musculoskeletal medicine, we make heavy use of physical therapy, even, you know, uh, for non-surgical things. Um, And I know you had plenty of physical therapy in the early phases after your, your shoulder surgery that we did. So it, it's, 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 I often think of uh, us as surgeons as sort of start establishing the foundation and, but it's, there's, that's like 15% of it. And it's everything that follows suit, for example, after surgical procedure that engages with therapy and time and the dedication of the patient that actually leads to a good outcome. Well, our guest uh, in this episode is Ted Kerlinkis, physical therapist at Rush Physical Therapy out of the uh, Lincoln Park area in Illinois. Ted is a he's dual board certified in orthopedic and sports physical therapy and a fellow of the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists. Also the team physician, team physical therapist, I should say, for the DePaul University Blue Demons. That's where I went to school. So, Ted, thanks for working on uh, our athletes. I appreciate it. And, uh, Ted, thanks so much for joining us here on this episode of Sports Medicine Weekly in our podcast. I want to talk about, uh, first of all, the importance of uh, load strengthening for return to play. Uh, but first of all, um, open us up with a thought about when someone should see a physical therapist. Dr. Cole touched on it. Uh, let's get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I would say generally what I tell people is if you have pain, you should see a medical provider. If you have pain related to activity or movement, you definitely should see a physical therapist. Um, we have people often coming in saying, you know, I'm I'm getting a little older. You know, there's a lot of wear and tear in my body. You know, that pain's kind of normal. And I always tell people, pain, you know, pain is not normal. There's something we can typically do to address that pain to make you feel better, feel differently, and do the things you want to do. So if you're having pain with with activity, with things you're doing day to day, even if it's sitting at work, standing at work, moving throughout the day, that's a time you should see a physical therapist. Ted, you know, it's interesting. Pain is one of those subjective variables that I talk about a lot in the office. Uh, this week, you know, on a typical office day, I that is a part of every conversation I have with a patient because the interesting part about pain is that it isn't necessarily associated with disease progression or worsening the problem, but it's very dissatisfying. And one of the things that I've come to recognize over time is that you could have the exact same condition from person A to person B, but their level of pain that they experience is dramatically different. You know, ambient disease, meaning 
rotator cuff tears are, you know, six to seven million people over the age of 60 have rotator cuff tears, but most of them don't have any pain or dysfunction. You know, we only fix about 500,000 of them a year at most. So that means there's lots and lots of people walking around with no pain. And what we really struggle with is why someone has pain and another person doesn't. And that's where I've learned about the value of therapy because there's a number of conditions that the reason people start to become painful on an underlying pre-existing condition that's probably been with them for some time is because there's an imbalance of something that previously was in check, but then they start to experiencing symptoms due to their underlying disease. And that's why I honestly hold you and our therapists in such high regard because a good day in my world as a surgeon is to keep someone out of the operating room. Exactly. And I think, like you mentioned, talking about pain, we talk about pain all the time. And and pain is a very individualized experience for somebody. So, you know, it's not an objective measure. Someone could have the same, you know, the same life, the same imaging, the same anything, and their pain experience might be very different. So I think it's important to understand, you know, for the, for the people listening to this as well, you know, if you're having pain, don't let someone tell you that your pain isn't real or your pain is not significant because that's a very individualized and specific experience people have with pain. And it's important to understand why it's happening, but also how you're experiencing and how it can be related to your daily activities. Hey, Dr. Cole, take me back to um, when you first started uh, in medical practice and uh, being an orthopedic surgeon where, you know, all of a sudden there's this explosion of physical therapy facilities now. You know, what was it like? I don't remember back 20, 25 years, you know, if I had a knee injury, I suffered in eighth grade that I remember in, um, you know, peewee football, so to speak. Um, what was it like? Did we have these physical therapy uh, places, facilities? You know, I remember I would go back to uh, 20 years ago. We had definitely had physical therapy places, but they were there were fewer sort of franchises or organizations or enterprises and it wasn't on every corner um, I think like any business Steve it's supply and demand and I don't th necessarily think the popping up of physical therapy centers has created demand I think that the supply side is generally there because there's been a number of sort of uh, uh, studies investigating outcomes and the importance of the value proposition of physical therapy. I think it's changed over time. I think, and we should talk about a little bit on our episode here about, you know, how do you know enough is enough and where do you really need therapy and where does therapy meet home exercise or, you know, the personal trainer. But I, I too have found it fascinating as you're intimating that there's so many physical therapy centers. They're on every street. I used to live in New York and it was like having a, you could have, you can get a mani, mani pedicure on every single corner in New York, or you right. can walk into a deli on every corner, you get a slice of pizza on every, on every street. Physical therapy centers are kind of like that. And there's a, it's not well differentiated. Um, and in the eyes of some it's commoditized, meaning, you know, one versus the other is a big difference, but I think that's not necessarily true, but I will say on the whole, the training and the specificity that these people come out with is on par excellent. And they're like doctors in terms of, you know, how they deliver things very precisely, but they have an advantage over me. I, you know, my office visit is five to 10 minutes and I have to kind of figure something out and also make the patient feel that they're cared for and, you know, create a whole visit around that. 
a therapist gets 45 minutes to an hour on occasion, sometimes longer, they really get to, they become their therapist, not just their physical therapist. And they get, they build a relationship. I mean, think, Steve, think back to when you had your shoulder therapy, did you work with one therapist the whole time or one or, one or two? One or two. Yeah. Mo- mo- mostly one. And, uh, it was, uh, it was critical. It was vital. You know, I really needed it. Um, and then I went to another physical therapy, um, what do we call facility, mm-hmm. a different group because they did some, um, dry needle mm-hmm. that I thought was very effective. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm, and I'm continuing on with my shoulder physical therapy, even though we're two years, uh, post op, so to speak, when I had my operation with you, um, just for strength and mobility now, you know, to help my but, golf swing. Yeah. But when you think about in your post operative phase after you had therapy and where you are now, what, what, um, did you ever get to a point where you're saying, yeah, I think I've exited the need to have someone like Ted work with me, uh, and entered the space where I can do these things on my own. And were there still some remaining things you're like, look, I'll never be able to do this on my own, my own. And I need some, you know, some freshen, you know, some, some visits to sort of freshen things up a bit. Yeah, both. All of the above. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I asked you for a um, so-called prescription to yeah. continue on because I felt like I wasn't there yet. You know, I just wasn't satisfied because I want to pitch to my kids. I want to play golf. You know, I want to stay active at my age and uh, felt that very necessary because the shoulder is a it's a difficult op- operation. I mean, to this day, you know, there's still some pain and soreness and everything, but I've learned how to um, help myself with stretching and length. It's strong, you know, but there's still some mobility issues. So I found the person that was just awesome for uh, mobility and strength and everything. But Ted, let me bring it back to you. What separates you guys at Rush Physical Therapy? When Dr. Cole says, you know, um, there's so many different physical therapy places. How do you guys separate yourself? Well, you know, we have a lot of people, um, including myself, who specialize in different in different areas. Um, so I specialize in orthopedics and sports physical therapy. You know, we have people who specialize in concussion management and vestibular therapy. We have people who uh, specialize in pelvic health. And, and in rush physical therapy really encourage us and give us, us the opportunities to specialize in those things. So I think it's nice to have a, a company like this where there's specialties in all different areas. So, if, you know, if I see someone and I say, hey, I think you could really benefit from somebody else who is maybe better trained in this specific area, whether it's concussion management, vestibular therapy, whether it's a pelvic floor patient, pelvic health patient, um, who might need someone a little bit more experienced in that area. It's nice to have those different specialties that we can kind of pick and choose from and say, hey, especially in Chicago, just down the block, there's someone who specializes in this. You know, we have, you know, like it is a clinic, you know, around a lot of different areas of the city so we're not saying, hey, there's someone that specializes in what you need to be seen for, uh, you know, in Schaumburg, you need to go out there and see them. We have a lot of different specialties within the city. And I think you know, we, we encourage that, encourage people to specialize in there in those different areas. And I think that's that's really beneficial to the, the patients we see. Ted, let me ask you a question um, along those lines of expertise. I think that the, the biggest thing in managing patients with orthopedic or musculoskeletal injuries is that transition of from sort of recovery, recovering, and then a return to sport. And there's a, I will tell you, and I'm sure you've recognized that there's an enormous psychological aspect of feeling okay to resume activities, especially when a sport, if a sport caused their injury. What, so tell me how you address that um, in your training and the way you approach it, for example, at Rush Physical Therapy, in getting someone back to sport and and helping them overcome their trepidation and also just physically ascertaining physically are they ready 
Mm-hmm. So uh, you're right, Psychologi- psychologically returning to sport or returning to play or any activity like that after an injury is, is challenging for anyone. Um, there's outcome measures, so scales we use, questionnaires that's, you know, kind of rate how confident you are in doing these activities, rate how comfortable you feel um, returning to the sport, and rate, you know, what do you think the risk of you being re-injured are? And there's thresholds for those questionnaires that, you know, I, I base, you know, where are we in this progression? How, how comfortable are you returning to sport? And the big thing I say to people who are going back to high-level activity, especially before they return to, let's say, practices or games or whatever activity they want to be doing, is I tell them, I want to break, look at that activity, we're going to break it down in the clinic, and we're going to first perform each part of that activity in the clinic in a controlled environment to show yourself, psychologically even, that you're able to do it. And then we're going to build up in the clinic and in physical therapy, build up to kind of the full speed um, full sport specific movement. So I thing I tell our athletes at DePaul is I want to do everything in clinic that you're going to have to do in your first practice or first game before you get there. So you know you've done it, you're confident, you're not going to be hesitant returning to play, you're not going to be hesitant doing those activities. I need to, uh, I want to ask you, Ted, uh, about the typical length of physical therapy and how long should physical therapy go and some things that Dr. Colt touched on as well. But first, um, Thanks to our sponsors. A couple more here. This episode brought to you in part by Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars. Best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at Karen Malkin. Dot com. Also, JRF Ortho, they partner with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more. Sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. Bad, back with Ted Kralinkas and Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel. It is our Sports Medicine Weekly podcast and this episode brought to you by a number of our sponsors and dr cole um do you ever suggest when you see a patient say you know what um before we do surgery um let's check out physical therapy first that i would imagine that's pretty common is that common though i think it's it it, it, it's common maybe has to be more common because i can tell you being an orthopedic surgeon for you know nearly 25 years I know that my our outcomes are often uh, dependent upon the preoperative state of the patient. So specifically, Steve, when someone, for example, uh, dislocates their shoulder, there is an enormous amount of trauma that goes into that. And they have they often develop capsulitis or inflammation in the shoulder joint. And rushing them to surgery, if surgery were properly indicated, can be a problem because of the risk of developing postoperative stiffness. An ACL is another one. I remember when I first, uh, you know, one of my most visible ACL patients, Derek Rose, when we did the surgery, the the media was often very critical and saying, "Hey, you know, why are you not doing the surgery tomorrow so we can get him back quicker?" And the, and you have to explain to people that there is a timing issue and it's a little bit of an art form to say that a patient's ready and. After, for example, an ACL tear, the first 48 hours, the patient can't straighten their leg, hamstrings are in spasm, they have swollen knee, and they have pain. That's about the worst environment to ever do surgery on a patient because 
the risk of post-operative stiffness goes up to about 15%. If I send them to physical therapy, like we're talking about, they would work on muscle relaxation, getting the swelling down, getting the pain down, and, and, and really helping the patient look normal on the day of surgery, except for the fact that they can't participate in cutting sports that led to their ACL injury to begin with. So prehab and having the acuity, I will tell you, in the clinical setting for patients. So if you're a patient out there listening to our podcast episode and you have experienced or you know, unfortunately might experience an injury in the future, the timing of surgery is really important, especially for acute injuries that need surgery immediately. And there are some largely soft tissue injuries, not necessarily fractures, but soft tissue injuries that you're often better off waiting having the patient engage with a physical therapist doing prehabilitation and optimizing them, readying them for a surgical intervention. You know, it's interesting because I would have never guessed, we've been doing this show for over 10 years now, and I'm familiar, we've talked a little bit at length about the Derek Rose injury and his surgery. And I always think, well, it, you couldn't do the surgery within 48 hours because of the swelling going down. But now you've had another element, Dr. Cole, that I never heard before. You could go to a physical therapist to, as you said, you know, uh, relax that knee. Uh, there's more technical terms that you use, but um, I never thought of that end of it. That's really interesting. Ted, can you elaborate on that? I mean, do you ever see someone that, you know, boy, torn ACL, Dr. Cole's going to do surgery in a prescribed time of, you know, 48 hours or, you know, in three, four days, um, you can go to a physical therapist to help that process, right? Absolutely. And, and that's just like Dr. Cole said, if we can get, you know, full bending and straightening of the knee back, pain without pain, as well as build up a little bit of quadricep activation or strength before surgery, those things are only going to come back quicker after surgery. So we're looking at getting after your surgery, especially if let's say an ACL or a knee surgery, we're looking at getting quad strength, hamstring strength, and just range in your, when your knee back. And those things have been shown to come back quicker and with less pain and easier if we've worked on them before. So the patient goes into surgery with good range of motion and good strength, they're gonna come out and have an easier time getting those things back after their surgery as well. You know, I brought up the question of um, uh, typical length of, of PT, of physical therapy. Is that just a tough question because you know an ACL is different than my shoulder surgery? I think I went for a few months and then I continued on. I mean, th these things are so variant, right? I mean, it just uh, you know it's hard to tell somebody you're going to be well, maybe for a specific injury you can tell them, but to, to say generally you're going to be seeing someone for two three months on a typical surgery, you just can't say that, right? It's challenging because we especially you know in, in orthopedics we see such a wide variety of things we see post-operative patients we see non-operative patients we see patients who are coming in saying you know my knee is a little sore i'm beginning to train for a marathon or a, a race whatever it may be um you know preventatively what can i be doing uh in terms of strength in terms of mobility in terms of anything to prevent injury too so i think that's one piece that that I, I like to see the profession profession moving more towards as well is preventative injury screens, preventative activity, preventative exercise. Um, so we're not seeing these injuries, you know, in, in healthcare in general, I think we see people after they're injured, after they're sick, you know, I think it'd be helpful and, and we're trained for that to see people before they get injured to help them prevent those injuries as well. So it could be a couple sessions to talk about what we can be doing during your marathon training. It could be a couple months um, after a, a serious injury and a surgery. So it greatly varies depending on the patient. Yeah. To his point, Steve, I, you know, it's soccer season now. So my, my 15 year old is playing soccer and I, they, I watch them on the field and it's, you look at there's, you know, there's, I don't know, 
30, it looks like 30 kids running around that are 15 to 17 years old, all girls. And as you know, girls have uh, an incidence of ACL tears is like five to seven to one for, for boys or women versus men. And um, it's like a little ACL factory out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because you watch how they run and they're not often fully developed yet in terms of their musculoskeletal acuity. And it's like watching little birds run around there with not a lot of muscle strength or control. And ACL is a great example, like we've already talked about, because there's some data, for example, in the NCAA in, in, in women versus men in terms of ACL prevention. There's some data that suggests we can reduce the incidence of ACL tears in women more than men, but still men, uh, with ACL prevention programs and um, involving maybe five to seven different exercises. So, and, 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 and a lot of these clubs are doing it, but they really are not super proficient. Like a coach will take a class, so they have an hour seminar. And I don't know if it's appropriate to or just leave it up to them per se. So, you know, I've been thinking about the concept of this preemptive therapy where they're pretty well aligned and they know how to address deficits. And we can do these assessments uh, that are like what we call functional sports assessments that are dynamic assessments to see where they are and really talk about prevention because he's right. You know, being injured is awful. It's awful. It, 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 the, the, the downfall of anyone, including an adult, is when they get injured. The impact on a kid, yes, most of them will recover. You know, the great thing about orthopedics is we can fix people. It's a very specific problem. They get better. They can get back to sport. But I will tell you, Steve, as we age and you look at, like, decline in terms of function, um, it's more about getting injured. If, you, if people say, what's the secret to longevity? I will tell you what it is. It's don't get injured. And that's kind of the lost art, right? Because for both Dr. Cole and Ted, uh, our physical therapist at Rush Physical Therapy we're visiting with, um, you know, the, the lost art is everyone always goes, it seems like they go to a physical therapist after the injury, right, Ted? I mean, if you can get these people to go see you before, as Dr. Cole said, I mean, we talked about the the, the young women suffering those ACL injuries, uh, whether it's box jumps, um, put them on a program to avoid the injury. And I think that's what people don't know that they can go see you guys about. It, it seems like a hassle in a way, let's be honest, but you know what? <laughs> it's going to make sense because you've lost that knee they're going to wish that they did it right you know yeah we talked about you know how what's the typical length of a therapy session and, and those things if you come in you know hey i'm starting soccer season i'm starting basketball season i'm training for this marathon we can we will typically set someone up with a program and say this is how often i want you to do it go do this program for two weeks come back and see me again we'll review it make sure you're doing everything right and then you have your program going forward. So that doesn't need to be a two or three month long episode of care prior to a season or prior to an, an, uh, a race or anything. That can be a quick uh, quick episode of care, a couple visits to set somebody up for the future going forward. They have this exercise, these exercises, this program that they're comfortable with, and they can continue going on that, on that program um, for injury prevention going forward on their own. Hey, Dr. Cole, when you ever see a re-tear, you know, like you see, you know, you fixed an ACL and then you yeah. have the re-tear, is your first question, did you do your physical therapy? Did you do your stuff at home after your physical therapy ran out or your sessions ended, right? Yeah, I mean, at first, it's evaluating an individual who re-tears their ACL is a, is a process and much of it depends upon um, what you're alluding to, what they went through to get to the point of release, but also the timing of when they have re-injury. And if it's someone who just got back and within a month of returning to sport, they re-tear, that's a little bit of a different explanation than someone who's been back for several years and have a re-injury. The one that is the most worrisome is the former where they have had a really, you know, what's for all intents and purposes, a good recovery. And then they get back and they re-tear, which happens you know, between five and 8% of the time. 
if it's an early retail that Steve is the first question I ask is what objective assessments did you have before you got back? You know, when I first started in practice and returning someone after an ACL surgery, I would sit in the room and say, okay, well, you're six months, your your leg looks pretty good. How do you feel? I feel great. All right, why don't you go back and play? Which was incredible that we release people that way with no real objective assessment. Now, everyone or who can goes through some type of video assessment or a functional assessment, which is you know, data driven and has science behind it is evidence based to assess if they have side to side differences to at least put our best foot forward to, you know, look for signs that they might re injure. So it is part of the narrative for sure. And I think, especially for injuries that are have a preventable component to it, uh, that's where the, what we're talking about right now about the, the value of physical therapy and exercise weighs in because that there's not everything is a lot of things are not in yours or my control in terms of injury or re-injury this is one area that actually is in our control and i can tell you it's where it's an area where the hard work really pays off ted anything you want to add as we wrap up um how many locations do you guys have and again it's rushpt.com to uh, learn more and to make appointments with you guys right rushpt.com uh we have just about 60 locations in the chicagoland area so wow um and you'll be able to find any any uh, location at rushpt.com location, or if there's one near you and you know someone else that needs to stop on in, we can let you know what the closest location, whether it's work or a family member or a friend that needs to come in, we can help you find the, the correct location, like we talked about earlier, the correct specialty that you may need to see. And we don't need a doctor's prescription. So is that what we call it, Dr. Cole? I mean, usually you, you give a no, prescription you well, for in Illinois, physical therapy. For example, I mean, it depends on you know, our listeners. It depends on what state they're in. There's in uh, there is some uh, legislation that's allowed th- uh, walk-ins for therapy that can go to insurance without a, uh, a prescription. Um, uh, it's state by state. So a certain number of visits can occur without a physician's uh, oversight. Um, but it, I would say most therapy is probably driven by physician prescription. Good stuff. Well, Ted, thanks so much for being our guest here on Sports Medicine Weekly and uh, continued success. Great. Thanks for having me. Our guest, Ted Kerlinkus, along with Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Hey, warm weather is here. Time to get outside. Enjoy your favorite activities. Spend precious time with family and friends. Aches, pains, or an injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy here for you. With more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland, Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to RushPT.com today to schedule an appointment. Not sure if physical therapy is right for you? Request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush physical therapy today also want to thank one of our sponsors midwest orthopedics at rush mor they're among the international leaders in musculoskeletal health midwest orthopedics at rush physicians are all faculty in the department of orthopedic surgery at rush university medical center which is currently ranked number five in orthopedics by u.s news and world report founded in 2003 mor is comprised of internationally renowned orthopedic and spine surgeons who pioneer the latest advances in technology and surgical techniques to improve the lives and activity levels of patients around the world the physicians at midwest orthopedics at rush proud to be the official team doctors for the Bulls, White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, as well as the Joffrey Ballet. Visit RushOrtho.com to learn more. Schedule an appointment at one of Midwest Orthopedics at Rush's convenient Chicago and West Suburban locations. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to us or follow us wherever you enjoy your audio and podcasts. Many thanks again to Ted Kerlinkis. 
physical therapist at Rush Physical Therapy in Lincoln Park. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time.